Welcome to Talking Confidence with me, Holly Kaplan. Having confidence in the workplace is essential for progress, fulfillment, and yes, survival. The issue is that confidence doesn't always come easy and is impacted and influenced along the way. Well, as a confidence coach, I know the key to finding and keeping your confidence is to recognize how professional situations have affected how you think of yourself. In this podcast together, we will examine exactly what impacts women's confidence in the workplace. We're going to get raw in these episodes. We are going to peel back the layers of social interactions, company culture, gender discrimination, ageism, and more. My guests will include entrepreneurs, corporate executives, and business owners. We are going to get down to what these women are really feeling. Expect vulnerability, openness, and relatability. But most importantly, expect to find your confidence. Sex and the City was an unbelievably iconic show in the late 90s. It featured women in their 30s talking about their bodies, sex, careers, and dating. It was a breakthrough series. Nothing like it had been done for television before. Well, most of the pop culture population knows that it's back, and it's back as a reboot 19 years later titled Just Like That. This time around, the actresses are famously in their 50s, and these women are getting a lot of criticism for it. Ugly things are being said about the cast having too many wrinkles, or why would people want to even see women of this age on TV? In the Us Magazine, January 10th, 2022 issue, Sarah Jessica Parker responds to the criticism saying, I know what I look like. I have no choice. What am I going to do about it? Stop aging? Disappear? Here's the thing. Ageism is prevalent in show business, this we know, but it's also prevalent in the regular workforce and it can have an impact on your confidence. Worrying about aging out or hitting that time in life when you will be viewed as dispensable can be stressful and anxiety provoking. Even when you feel like you as a woman know you are better at what you do because of your age, accolades, and work-life experience, the world views you differently. This is a real problem for multiple reasons because it makes you wonder how many women of a certain age are being looked over in the workplace, how many of them feel as if they have nothing to offer. When you think about these questions, how could you expect these thoughts to not impact confidence and feelings of worthiness? According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics in 2020, the average age of a working woman, to be specific, is 41 years, nine months. As for men, the age is average 42. This info was not stratified by industry or education level. It was just an overall number based on who's working. It goes to show women are not going anywhere, especially because we know that today we make up half of the workforce. So why are we struggling with ageism? How do we overcome it and keep our confidence? My guest today, Katie Fogarty, is here to help us address and answer such questions. Katie Fogarty runs the Reboot Group, a communications consultancy that works with clients and companies to tell better career and brand stories on LinkedIn and beyond. She's also the host of the podcast titled A Certain Age, a show for women on life after 50 who are unafraid to age out loud. A Certain Age celebrates midlife and all its sexy, smart, funny, fabulous, weird, sometimes unsettling, yet profoundly liberating glory. 
Host Katie Fogarty is a former journalist turned career coach, dives deep with women who are aging without apology. She talks career, beauty, family, books, money, purpose, wellness, fashion, and fun. Be sure to listen to the end of this episode so you can hear my tips as to how you can face ageism with confidence and insight. Miss Katie, thank you so much for joining me today for this episode. I'm delighted to be here. I know. I know you are. And I'm so glad because we kind of found each other again. Because as I always do, I like to talk about how we met. And you want to address that one or do you want me to? Yeah, no, I'm happy to. So I we connected, um, I think it must have been last year when I was in search of a quote for an article I was writing about sidestepping ageism in one's job hunt. And I reached out to five different experts to get their their take on, on tackling ageism while one is looking for work. And you were one of my experts and you gave us a great quote about, um, you know, really a kind of just sort of being... Um, recognizing that you're that with advanced age sometimes comes experience and really talking about mindset. So you were a an expert in an article that I wrote. Oh, well, you were really nice to include whatever my crazy words were at the time. <laughs> but it's been nice because we've kept in touch and I've been able to watch you grow and you've launched a podcast and you're talking about ageism, which is so incredibly relevant, especially right now. And to me, because I'm 51, I'm not going to lie. You know, and most of my friends are. So this is a this is a thing right now, and I think we're all facing a lot of the same challenges at this point in our careers. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a plethora of questions for you, of course, today. But before we do that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Holly, thank you so much for having me on the show. I love that you're focusing on confidence. I think that confidence in midlife is something that we have, you know, finally earned, and I love. To um, I've loved your shows on these sort of different ways that we approach, uh, you know, feeling confident, fueling it, making sure it continues. So to answer your question, I, I really wear two hats. Um, I run a career consultancy called The Reboot Group, where I work with senior executives and teams at companies like Google, Dow Jones, American Express, to help them be better at sharing their professional story. Uh, I work a lot with executives on LinkedIn. I also work a lot with senior executives who are looking for thought leadership, but are also sometimes job hunting. And that's how you and I got connected when I was writing that article about ageism and job hunting. So that's that's my first hat. That's my day job. My second hat is I am the host and the creator of a podcast called A Certain Age. It's a show that shines an age-positive spotlight yes. on midlife. Yes, we yes. are. We are. Girl. We are we're age positive because, you know, why wouldn't we be? We, you know, we're happy to be here. We've, uh, you know, we, we, as somebody once said, we're on the right side of the grass, you know, we're, we're um, delighted to be in this sort of new act. And so every single Monday I talk to different women who are for the most part, 50 plus, sometimes it's, you know, 45 to 65 and they are up to exciting things in the, in the, um, in the second act of, of their lives. So those are, those are the two hats that I wear. Right, right. Well, I appreciate everything you do, but I really appreciate what you're doing now because you are helping create a roadmap for women that we have not had previously. You know. Yeah, you know exactly. I agree. Like it's really time to sort of shift the narrative that 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 aging makes you uh, old and irrelevant. Um, you know, I work with job hunters every week who are reluctant sometimes to shine a, a spotlight on their years of experience. Yes. 
And that was really the genesis of my podcast because I talk to so many talented people each week and everyone feels they work in the most ageist industry, right? I work with people who work in fashion or they work in, um, you know, food or they work in beauty and, and they all feel that um, they're, or technology, right? The tech community is really like sort of, you, you know, oh, young. Yeah. And so everyone feels gun shy about sharing their age. And I really started um, feeling sad about this. And I, I finally talked to two women who I reached out to for quotes on another article that I was writing, not about ages in this time, but I was writing an article about um, creative careers. And I talked to a woman who runs, uh, she's a chef. She has a Michelin bib designation, which means that she's has one of the highest culinary awards you can have. Wow. And I, I spoke to another woman who had two books on the New York Times bestseller list. She writes young adult novels, and she, at the time, had two books on this list. And both of these women said, I love that you're writing about midlife, but no one can know I'm over 50. Oh, my God. And it, like, it gobsmacked me. The shame, I tell you. I know. And I I thought, this is crazy. We really need to be able to shift this narrative. Like, we are all aging. We are, we have experience, you know, we are, um, we should not be ashamed of that and we should no. be able to age out loud. And so that's really why I launched the podcast to talk to women who are aging out loud so we can be part of shifting this conversation. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Well, that's a perfect segue into my next question. And that is, why do you think the topic of women and ageism is so important right now? You know, I, I, I think that um, it's it's critically important to recognize that we're all getting older. I mean, for the first time in the U.S., we are on track as a country to have more people over the age of 65 than under the age of 18. This has never happened in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. We are, um, the, the population is aging. We are, if we're lucky, we're going to have 30 years longer to live and work and thrive than our great grandparents did. So because we are aging, because we are living longer, because um, we are going to need to be active and support ourselves and also, you know, find purpose and meaning beyond simply paid work, we need to start to communicate about how we're going to have a very multi-generational society. And it's in the interest of everybody to recognize that the population ages and that aging does not make you irrelevant. So no. it's important for you and I, you know, I'm 52. So, you know, we're firmly in the 50 club, but yes. I'm modeling this for my daughter because I, she's going to be living till she's in her eighties and working and thriving. And I want her to recognize that you don't fold up your tents and go home just because, right. you, hit a, just because you hit a certain age. Right. I love that because my mom, at 55, retired. She announced, she's like, I'm retiring. I'm like, oh, how lovely that you could just, you know, you can pack it in at any time. But in her mind, she was done at that point. And I don't think, I don't think that's the precedence that I will set for my daughter, because I feel like I'm just getting started. I mean, at this point in our lives, we've lived enough, we've had enough life experience to know what we need to do with with the rest of our time and how to make a difference. So I, appreciate that we're not wasting it and we're trying to pay it forward to those who can learn it too. Um, okay. I like this question. What if, what have you found most women think about themselves as they reach forties, fifties and sixties? How do you think we perceive ourselves? I have an answer, but I want to hear yours. Okay. Oh, interesting. You know, I think that, um, 
I guess I have two answers to that question. You know, when I talk to people that I'm, you know, working with on their LinkedIn profiles, that, that perhaps if they're job hunting and putting themselves out there, if they're feeling vulnerable, if they're between, you know, jobs and, and looking for what's next, um, sometimes there is a sense of feeling vulnerable. You know, it's, it's sort of recognizing that you have all this experience, but you're not sure how the, the rest of the world is going to perceive it. So I, I do think there there can be this moment of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I would say that it's also really tempered by, um, you know, it's kind of balanced by also a sense of confidence. Um, women that, particularly the women that come on my podcast to talk about what they're up to in, in their second acts, they're launching careers, they're running nonprofits, they're, you know, they're leaving one job to take up screenwriting. I, I talked to a woman who was a lawyer who became a novelist at 50. Terrific. You know, women who are saying to themselves, you know, I, I feel confident that I can try new things. I feel confident in my skills. I feel confident in knowing um, that I can put myself out there and try new things and succeed. And so, you know, I, I, I think I think it's really a mix. And I, I think that's that's true of anybody. I mean, we all have good days and bad days. So there are days when we feel like really excited and there are days when we feel maybe, you know, it's hard. It, you know, uh, aging is not, um, you know, it's not without its speed bumps, right? Like no one gets to midlife without having things go sideways. You know, people struggle with, um tremendous losses. Maybe you lose a job. Maybe you lose a parent. Maybe you've lost a spouse or a marriage or you've lost a, a love. You know, you've, you've gone through some hard things. And so if you're lucky, you can look at the stuff that you've gone through and recognize that that is the scaffolding that supports right. you yes. and, and allows you to keep building, right? So, you know, to, we, the, the confidence of midlife is hard earned. We've gone through some stuff to get where we are. Um, and we can, we can take that, that knowledge that we can do hard things, you know, we can get through things and we can kind of fuel our second act with that confidence. Right. And I love that. And it's true because I feel the same way. Like I'm confident in where I've been and where I'm going and why I use my voice. I'm confident. I don't give a shit what other people think I'm there (laughs) too. I love it. You get there. You're like, I have no one to impress except for my daughter. That's it. That's how yeah. I want to impress her because I want her to go, I want to do the same things. I want to kick ass as I grow up. But um, why do you think certain women lack confidence? Because that's kind of shaped by different things. You know, I think that I, I you know, I love this Diane von Fer, uh, von Furstenberg quote where she says something to the effect, "I've never met a strong woman they don't a woman they don't exist," and I I believe that to be true. Like I believe that every woman is strong and every woman has confidence somewhere within her. Yeah. So you might someone might feel lack of confidence in a certain arena, but we're all good at something. So sometimes when I work with a job hunter who's feeling, you know, job hunting is a slog, right? It's oh. like more of a yeah, it's more of a marathon than a sprint. It's really hard. And sometimes if I'm working with somebody who's been at it for a while and maybe they're feeling a little bit depressed, like I'll ask them, like, tell me something else, another place in your life where you succeed. You know, maybe you're like an incredible runner. You like run marathons or maybe you're active in your community or you're a baker. I mean, you're a great singer. You're a guitarist. I mean, we all thrive and shine somewhere. Maybe we're the friend everyone listens to. So everyone needs to sort of look at their life, do a sort of self-assessment and recognize that you are strong and confident in some area of your life. And then that is something that you need to power through. 
having said that, you know, I'm, I'm 52. I, I didn't make it to 52 without reading a lot of women's magazines, without absorbing a lot of pop culture, without absorbing a lot of messages from media yep. that, that aging is, um, you know, something to be scared of or that, oh, yeah. you know, women get older and they're not like attractive or sexy or whatever. Pop culture and media will often tell you that midlife is about a crisis, but it's not. It's about an opportunity. It's an opportunity to bloom and to recognize that you are very crystal clear on where you want to be spending your time and energy. So I would say that if you're not feeling confident um, in certain areas, I mean, maybe turn off the noise. Stop looking at Instagram and, you know, all like the super, you know, hot young people and, huh. and just, you know, remove the distractions and the things, the voices and the noise that make you feel unconfident or make you feel that, that there, that you are less than. Yeah. Right. And then focus right. instead on what lights you up inside and where, you know, you succeed and focus on surrounding yourself mm -hmm. with people, not like yes, people, but focus on surrounding yourself with people that make you feel like you're flourishing and vital. Yes, absolutely. Cause that's authentic, you know, and, and that way you're clear of all of the pop culture, Instagram bullshit you see. Yeah, it's hard. There's a lot of messaging the out there. Oh my God. Exactly. I mean, and there's a lot of, you know, it's just, it's also, it's not just pop culture. I mean, it's, it's brands that we love and that we use and that we stock our bathroom cabinets with and that we have in our home and that we see in our supermarket shelves. I mean, the reality is that a lot of products are sold because women, you know, and men are made to feel bad about themselves. Right. And that they're made made to feel that they need to buy certain things or to spend money in ways that will make them feel better. And so, just you have to sort of tune out the marketing noises, which are which are about making you feel less than. Right, I agree. Like anti aging, how many anti aging products are out there? I mean, absolutely. How absolutely. many do I have in my cabinet right now? Because I was like, oh, I don't want to age. I need that. But really, we need to call yeah, bullshit you know, on that. I know. You and know? I get it. Like, right. Of course. I mean, the thing, the reality is we all want to look and feel our best. And so, you know, it's okay to, to wear, you know, lipstick or use cosmetics or lotions and potions and all that stuff that makes us feel good. But I, I, I have made conscious choices to, to limit certain media intake. I, I like, Ugh. I buy brands that, that make me feel like I'm glowing or healthy versus anti-aging. Like I, I have made conscious choices to put products back if they're marketed to me as like anti-aging. If they're marketed to me, it's like, I'm going to like nourish and hydrate your skin. I'm like, yeah. I'm here for it. Like, I'd like to, I'd like to be glowy, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, you know, like I don't, I, I don't, but I don't need to be 16, you know, no. I need to, I feel uh -uh. like, I want to feel like the best for, version of myself at 52. Um, uh, I don't need to feel 21 again. No, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Funny, quick story. A couple of years ago, I was reading Vogue and there was a big campaign. I think it's for Vera Wang. And the model was like eight years old. And <laughs> I wrote them. I'm like, why is, Good for this, you. why is this baby modeling this product? Like I looked at her and I'm like, are you in fourth grade? Like it was... I was, I could not even believe that they put this in the magazine. Like, I know. And it's such a miss because also, you know, uh, women, you know, the, you know, say she was 14, 15, 16, however old she might be. I mean, she doesn't have the money to buy a Vera Wang dress or product right. or perfume or that whatever. Was the, and, that was the other thing. You know, I'm like, <laughs> 
You need to, you know, I love, there's a new um, beauty uh, line out called Jones Road Beauty, which was started by Bobby Brown, who everyone knows. And she wound up selling the Bobby Brown, I think, name to another, you know, what, what, whatever company owns it now and launched Jones Road. And I love her, um, all of her ads because she uses such a mix of people. I mean, there are like women with like, you know, well-defined and, and wrinkled faces with gray hair and dewy, fresh-faced, you know, freckly younger people. She really runs the gamut of ages and races and, you know, skin. And it just, it just feels so representative. And the models are all stunning and gl- like just gorgeous humans, but they don't feel plastic. They feel like just real beautiful, vibrant people. So, you know, those are the types of brands that I, I that I gravitate to. And I, I would encourage anyone who's listening, who sometimes feels bad to say, you know, like maybe what can I like jettison from my life? And maybe I can make some different shopping or media consumption choices, um, you know, that make, that make me feel better. Uh, that make, you know, that sort of align with how I, I how I feel today, which is like, you know, right. uh, experienced and vibrant vibrant and don't give a shit (laughs) that could be its own brand right there experience vibrant and don't give a shit exactly you're on to something i think i think ulta would like it i think we can make that happen (laughs) i'm pretty sure um we've kind of touched on these but i want to ask this anyway sure what do you think is standing in our way now that causes us limiting beliefs and let me start with this a couple of years ago, I was talking to uh, a CEO about her resume. We were connected by friends just for networking purposes. And she said, Holly, I never put my college graduation date on my resume. And I was like, why not? Shouldn't she be proud of when she graduated from college? But her limiting belief was I cannot put it on there or I'm not going to get hired. It's a tough one. I hear that story all the time. It's very common. And if you're, if you're struggling with this, I would say, first of all, there's no one and right way to do anything. You know, like we all get to age the way we want to age. And if you, if, if, if the list, a listener is thinking like, I just don't want people to know how old I am. I do not want to put my dates on my resume. I would say, you know, that is what, that is what feels right and authentic to you. So that's okay. Um, but I would also say that I really do believe that um, we should be able to age out loud if we want. We're not going to shift the narrative if we all hide our ages. Thank you. And and that, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, maybe ask yourself, you know, who am I fooling here? Because you're still going to wind, you're still your age, you're still going to have to get on like a zoom or walk into a room with somebody who will eventually, you know, discern mm-hmm. your age. And, and, and so, you know, do you really want to spend a lot of time hiding this because eventually it, it'll become clear that maybe that you're not 21 or you're not a certain age. Uh, you know, having said that, I'll, you know, there are some problems sometimes with putting dates on your resume or your LinkedIn, a lot of hiring now, a lot of resumes go through applicant tracking systems where, um, you know, maybe a recruiter or hiring manager is doing a, a query to source certain types of candidates to fill a job. They might search on an age, you know, a date range. And if you fall outside of that, you're going to get kicked outside of the search and therefore you wouldn't be pulled in. Right. Right. But, but having said that, you know, at a very, very senior level, um, you know, a lot of people are not getting their jobs through applicant tracking systems. They're getting them through their networks. 
they're getting them, um, you know, from people that they that they know and who open doors for them. So it matters a little bit less. But I, you know, I would say at the end of the day, um, it truly is a personal decision. But I would encourage anyone who's struggling with it to maybe do a little bit of a mindset shift and, and ask themselves, you know, don't I want to be seen as experienced? Don't I want right. to be seen as somebody? It. You know, and 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 really lean into that because you know you at the end of the day you want to work with people who want to work with you no matter what your age is. Right. You want you want them to accept you regardless and appreciate your experience and not filter you out because you graduated from LSU in 1992 or whatever it was. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. It's about changing your mindset. It's about shifting. I used to work with a colleague who said he would not hire anyone that was born was it after 1990 like his his ages were like if they're born in 1985 to 1990 he would hire them that was his criteria i was like dude interesting i'm serious and everybody yeah it's a strange way of thinking you know i i also think that if people are concerned about ageism, one of the questions they also need to be asking themselves is, you know, am I relevant and am I marketable? Yeah. And, and being relevant and marketable has nothing to do with your actual chronological age. So, you know, if you're 30 and, you know, showing up as being young chronologically, but you have a very fixed mindset, you're not willing to take new things on or learn new skills or develop in different areas, you know, why are you more attractive a candidate than somebody who's 45 or 47 or 55 right. who is constantly learning new things, who has a growth mindset? Oh, yeah. So, you know, if, if, if ageism is a concern, and by the way, I get it, it should be. We hear this all the time, and there, there, there is bias against hiring older workers, unfortunately. If, if you are concerned about ageism, you need to do a deep and true assessment of, of where you are in terms of keeping yourself marketable, investing in yourself, learning new skills. It's reskilling, upskilling. Yeah. These are all, it's critical to remain marketable and relevant. Your experience is one thing, but you need to continue to uh, supplemented and augmented and, and really be honest with yourself about whether or not you are continuing to keep yourself marketable. Anyone who's listening to this, no matter, no matter their age needs to recognize that you are in control of keeping yourself marketable. No one else is going to do it, but you. Right, 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 right. I totally agree. I totally agree. Even just understanding how to use PowerPoint I mean, so it sounds silly, but I've talked to a lot of clients who have, who don't know how to use it. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta get on this bandwagon, even because just because you didn't have to in a previous job doesn't mean you're not going to going forward. They're just yeah, absolutely. Just That's basic a great things. point. Yes, I mean, basic things and all of the different things. ways that that we, um, you know, workflow tools that people use today, like Slack or you know Basecamp oh, or yeah. other types of tools. The, the good news is that uh, technology has never been easier to use. It's very easy to to find um, tutorials on any kind of technology that's scaring you. It's uh, very easy like on maybe on their websites or on YouTube. If you're on LinkedIn, LinkedIn Learning has a number of different um, tutorials that you can take on to do stuff like resume writing or video interviewing or how to use Slack or how to, 
you know, how to create a great uh, PowerPoint presentation, how to deliver a great presentation. There's, it's very, very easy. It's never been easier, I would say, to educate yourself and, and, and continuously upskill. Yes, upskill. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's a great way to say it. Okay, we've talked about issues. We've talked about solutions. We've talked about mindset. Knowing all of these things, how do we provide each other more opportunities? Oh, I love this question. And I really feel so passionately about this answer is that when women, a woman opens the door, she needs to hold it open for the person coming behind her. And this is, you know, maybe you know, either your daughters, but it could also be like women returning to work after a career break. You yeah. know, a lot of time I've worked with a lot of career returners and it's hard. It, make no mistakes about it. If you take time off from work, it's hard to, to re-enter. But once you get back in there, keep that door, hold that door open for the women that are coming behind you. Um, uh, I feel that, you know, men are great at networking. I think that women are really great at networking, but they don't even recognize that they're networking. I mean, networking right. feels very transactional. Women are great about supporting and sharing information and working collaboratively. Um, you know, this is sort of well-documented. So I, I would just say, continue to make sure that you are, uh, sharing opportunities. If you, if you know that there are job openings, you know, if you know that um, there's a great class, like I used to teach a class at General Assembly in New York. They're a virtual education system. You could do that at Coursera. But, you know, if you know that somebody's thinking about returning to work or you know that somebody is concerned that maybe they're getting older and like they're reporting to a younger boss, you could share the resources that you that you've had or that have crossed your screen, you know, with one another. Um, and I, I think that's just a great way of, of supporting each other. I think that's great and essential. And it's a lesson. That's a lesson. And I value what you're saying, Katie, because I was in corporate America. Ain't nobody opened a door for you. Let me tell you. <laughs> it wasn't a thing. It wasn't what you were supposed to do. You were supposed to, you know, just take care of yourself and not worry about those behind you. I mean, I'm being a little bit dramatic here. There are better situations. Right. But I think it's, again, a different mindset of us coming in and holding the door open and helping each other and hiring each other and sharing opportunities. I mean, I think that's the best way for us to make absolutely, way. Absolutely. You know, and I feel like it's funny. My kid, I sometimes use this expression at home that my kids really hate, which is that there's enough sunshine for everyone. Mm -hmm. And every time I say that, they're like, mom, they hate it. But I truly believe it because like, you know, there, there's no like pie to the sky, right? There's like enough sun for anyone who might want it. And there, there is enough opportunity out there for, for other women. It's not, it's not just, you know, one woman sitting, you know, at the board seat, there's increasingly opportunity. We need to not, um, view one another as competitors. We need to exactly. view each other as allies and friends and a support system, yeah. a support network. And, um, you know, sort of just be in conversation with one another. And that's why I absolutely love recording my podcast. I, you know, I talk to women who I am inspired by every single week. I, I feel like what I, my great joy right now is sharing the stories, the smarts, the sparkle of other women. And I, you know, I, I, I enjoy that. And, and guess what? It's creating opportunities for me, but I didn't, you know, I, I've been able to work with some sponsors. I've gotten some speaking opportunities, which has been incredible that's been a wonderful byproduct of doing something that actually shines a spotlight on other people. Yes. So if you are out there shining a spotlight on other people, good things are going to happen for you as well. I yes. promise. Yes, I agree. It all comes full circle. It does. 
It does. And I love that you're doing what you love and you're having the halo effect of getting other, you know, opportunities and meeting new people and getting the speaking engagements. That's a beautiful halo effect. So, yeah, it's been absolutely fabulous and, and, and really fun. And, and I get to spend my month every Monday with a, a cool, amazing woman. So I love it. Oh yes, 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 yes. Um, okay. So what advice do you have for women as they approach midlife in their careers? And I ask this because when I was 35, young and spry, I was like, oh, 40 is never going to get here. Oh, 40 so old. Well, guess what? I went to sleep. I woke up and I was 40. I so know. It, it happens. Quickly. That happens. So what, what advice do you have for women at, at that age? They're not of a certain age yet, but they're going right. to get there. Exactly. I, you know, I would say just start thinking about it. I would start, you know, um, you know, once a year, at least take time to sit down and kind of write a vision for what you want the next year to five years to look like, you know, really spend a little bit of time each year being intentional about thinking about what you might want your future to look like and recognize that, um, the, the, the opportunity to create change is, is going to be yours. And what do I mean by that? You know, I, I've, I've had five different careers. I've been doing a number of different things. And I did not, you know, 10 years ago think that I'd be podcasting, but I knew I loved telling people stories. I used to work for CNN. I used to um, write the morning news at New York One News in New York. I've been doing, you know, PR firm work and kind of corporate communications work for a number of years. And I just allowed myself to be open to different opportunities. But I always was curious about what what you know else I could be doing. So I guess my piece of advice would be to, you know, of course buckle down, work hard where you are, pay attention to your to your job, but recognize that it's incumbent on you to um, kind of figure out what you want to do next and to remain open to upskill, as I said, and to um, think about what's next. And particularly if if your listeners are primarily in corporate life, I mean corporate life has a shorter shelf life. So you will need to figure out how do I how do I um, make sure that I have a, a new chapter when my corporate life might be over. So maybe you want to start to think about consulting in your field of expertise. Maybe you want to, while you're working your corporate job, go back to school to get a new degree so that you can then pivot into a different field that might be you know, more age friendly or might give you more freedom. Right. You know, eventually you might want to consider working for yourself. You can't, you know, you're not going to fire yourself. So, you know, I, I would, I would say like in your thirties, it's, it's time to start setting aside time to think and plan um, for what, what you'll want to get to by the time you're 40, you know, mid forties and mid fifties, when you really do need to figure out what will I be doing next? Right. I agree. I agree. It's all about planning. That's great, great advice. And staying curious. Don't yes, ever absolutely. be satisfied with what you know. What I know now is enough. No, no. Stay curious because that will keep you going too. So. Yeah, I love that spirit of curiosity. And, yeah. the, and honestly, it's important to be curious because the job you have in 10 years might not exist now. And so if that you- true. You know, you, I mean, I didn't know that I'd be podcasting and, and that look, podcasting was not really on the radar 10 years ago. So- um, you have to remain open and curious about what, what other opportunities are out there. Right. I agree with you. Totally, totally agree with you. Um, 
All right, Miss Katie, how can people get in touch with you for more advice, speaking, or just to get to know you better? Uh, thank you, Holly. This has been a, a total treat, by the way. I love spending time with you. Me I too. would absolutely enjoy staying in touch with your listeners. They can find me several different ways. If they're interested in my podcast, it's called A Certain Age. It's on Apple Podcasts. They can follow uh, my social. I'm on Instagram at a acertainagepod.com. My podcast website is a acertainagepod.com. And uh, my LinkedIn work uh, can be found at therebootgroup.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Katie Fogarty, F-O-G-A-R-T-Y. I'd be delighted to um, stay in touch with your listeners cool. on that platform. I'm on it every day. I enjoy it. So come come hit me up. Come link in with me. Come get linked in. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have just been a pleasure to speak with, and um, I'm proud of everything that you've accomplished, Katie. I mean, you. you oh, Holly, thank you so much. Yeah. I am so excited for you and your new show. I love thank how you're you. iterating your career. You are like drinking the Kool Aid, trying new things, you know, and I, I love that you're podcasting. And I love that you're focusing on confidence. Thank we, um, it's something that we, we we have innately, but there's always new ways to to fuel it. And I love that you're focusing on this for women executives and women in midlife. Thank you, thank you. Well, we support each other, and that's the most important thing. So, all right, Miss Katie, thank you for joining me today. Take care, Holly. Bye bye. I want to leave you today with some parting tips. They're important for me to share with you because I'm 51 and a half. I know how ageism feels. I felt ageism creep up on me in my late 40s when I began to get passed over for roles and my ideas began to lose value. And I never thought it would happen, but it did. So what do we do? How do we turn this shit around? (laughs) Here are my two tips for you if you are experiencing the same. Number one, find a support system. Your support system is essential to your encouragement and confidence. As we grow older in the workplace, we must realize that we are not alone and that there are plenty of us dealing with ageism. I encourage you to find three to five like-minded individuals that you can confide in, share ideas with, and provide a safe place with each other. This support system will be your backbone in getting that new role, career, or finding the conviction to even start your own business. My second tip for you is to grow your network. Networking is a skill I had lost in corporate America. I was insulated by the corporate culture around me, and I didn't need to create any of my own infrastructure of contacts and customers. Because of this, I neglected the importance and growth of my own personal Rolodex. When I decided to go out on my own, I had to start from scratch. Don't wait as long as I did to build your network. Start now. Make the commitment to yourself that you will attend three networking events per month just to begin to gain momentum. Ask friends what networking groups they recommend, join your local chamber, or volunteer at an event that lies in your area of interest. You will find that you will meet new friends and create new partnerships. These people will be essential to finding the right job or your next step simply because they like you and they want to help you. Those are my parting words today. If you would like to know more about my tips on ageism, you can see this full article on my website at hollykaplan.com or the fall 2020 issue of CEO Mom Magazine. This is Holly Kaplan. Cheers until our next episode of Talking Confidence. 
you, Talking Confidence listeners, for joining me today for this episode. If you would like to connect with me personally for confidence coaching or speaking events, you can reach me at hollycaplan.com. If you would like to buy my book, Surviving the Dick Click, A Girl's Guide to Surviving the Male-Dominated Corporate World, you can find your copy at amazon.com. Thanks. 